Hey, welcome home, everybody. You're watching Legacy Television. I'm Jeremy Pearsons, and we're so glad to have you with us today in the House of Faith. You know, at the beginning of this year, Sarah and I were invited by Brother Andrew Womack to come be a part of his Gospel Truth Seminar held in Phoenix, Arizona. We went, and it was an amazing time. So impacted us. And we want to share with you some of the footage from the services that took place there in Phoenix. Uh, the Lord led us to preach to the people about casting all their cares onto him. You know, this is how you get the grace of God in your life. You get it by humbling yourself and casting all your cares onto him. And, and we can't live without the grace of God. His grace is his help, his strength, his favor, and you get it by casting all your care. Watch this. When you wake up in the morning, with the care of your family and the care of your finances and the care of the security of your job, the care of your health, you wake up with that and it is, well, I'll say it to you like this. You ever use this expression? Something's just eating at me. This has just been eating away at me. Just been eating at me. Just been eating at me. You know, what's interesting about that. If you look up the word worry, it means everything you think it would care, anxiety, stress. But you move down to the next definition and you know what it is? To lacerate by biting. That's what the word worry means. To lacerate by biting. If you were to keep reading in 1 Peter chapter 5, right where we were, casting all your cares upon him for he cares for you. You want to know what the, verse, the next verse says? But be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may lacerate by biting. This business of worry, care, anxiety, and all the stress that comes as a result is a lot more serious than we've known. It's you and I carrying it that's kept, that's kept the help and the grace of God. The very thing we need to get us out of it at an arm's length from us. If casting your care is humility, what is carrying it? It's pride. Pride says, I've got this. I got this. I got this. But a mature believer, a humble person, will say, Lord, I need help. And grace is on the way. I said, grace is on the way. But I, I, for one, am done frustrating the grace of God in my life. Going to bed with worry, waking up with the same worried thought on your mind, carrying the same anxious care around all day long. And if you've noticed that when, you, when somebody's really entrenched in worry like that, there's one question that they ask themselves over and over and over and over, and it's, what am I going to do? 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 Can you hear where all the pressure is, where all the focus is? I, me, what am I going to do? It's pride. It's pride. And here stands the grace of God, a professional a professional builder, a professional prosperer, a professional healer, a professional deliverer. And here stands the grace going, hey, can I help? Can I help? Let me help you. And you know what we have in effect said to the Lord? 
No, I got this. I got this. Pastors, ministers, can I tell you how frustrated the grace of God has been watching you try to build your church? Jesus said, I will build my church. You're not the church builder. I said, you're not the church builder. Grace is the professional church builder. And when you take it upon you to be the builder, when you take it upon you to be the provider, to be the supplier, grace has to stand back, hands off. Has to. Cannot get involved where pride is. And it is the very nature. It's born into man. It's been around for a long time. Me, man. Me, make fire. Oh. And it's so Neanderthal. It's such a, it's such a shallow way of thinking. And yet, still, me, man. Me make living for me family. Me provide food on table. Me put clothes on me children back. Uh. All these things that we've been taught were our job, were our responsibility. It was our pressure and our problem. Be a man, take it. No, be a man, cast it. Be a woman of God, cast the care of it onto him. And this is not something that you do once and you're done. I'm telling you over the last several days, seeking the Lord about what my assignment was with you, this starts coming up on my heart in a strong way. And then without getting into the details, I get a text message from a guy yesterday. And essentially, there's a real good chance we need $1.5 million a lot sooner than we thought we did. <laughs> and I'm standing after I get this text message, I'm standing at the stove making eggs for the kids for breakfast, and I start, I kid you not, laughing. The joy of the Lord came up in me over this whole thing. Now, I don't know all the details of it, but somebody just telling you there's a chance that 1.5 might be due very soon, uh, it tends to try to get on you. It will try to get into you. But I stood there standing over those poorly made scrambled eggs and just started laughing started getting the joy of the Lord and I just looked up to the Lord and I said, you like this. You like this, don't you? You like doing this. You love just putting me in these positions where my only option, literally the only thing I can do is put faith in you. You like this, don't you? And he does. He's laughing the whole time. Why? Because faith is his favorite part. Your favorite part, seeing it. His favorite part was way before you ever saw it. When you decided to cast the care of it over onto him. When you decided that my God is good. My God is faithful. And if he saved me, then he'll save me now. I'm not carrying the care of this thing. You can't make me care about it. Because Jesus is, watch this, my caretaker. Whoa, he's my caretaker. And I cast my cares on him. Why? Because he cares for me. Now you can read that one of two ways, and I believe they're both right. You cast your cares onto him because he cares for you. And you've got to be rooted and grounded in that more than anything in your life. 
more than any other doctrinal position, more than any other belief you hold true, you and I must be rooted and grounded in the love of God. He loves me. He loves me. He loves me. And that was the prayer that Paul prayed for the Ephesians. I pray that you would come to know the love of Christ, that you'd be rooted in it and grounded in it, and that you would comprehend with all the saints what is the length, the depth, the height, and the breadth, and to know the love of Christ. He's saying, I want you rooted in this, grounded in this. And if that will be your root, and if that will be what you're grounded in, your doctrine will not get off. Your theology will stay grounded and it will be in the right place. And even if you don't know all the answers to this, 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 and this, I do know this. He loves me. He loves me and he gave himself for me. And you can't talk me out of how much he loves me. And every day that I live, there is a deepening revelation of how much he loves me. And you can walk out and sit on every hill in all the world and pick every petal off every flower, but it will always only be, he loves me. He loves me. He loves me. Never once, he loves me not. Always, he loves me. Cast your cares onto him. Why? He loves you, folks. He loves you. But not only does he care for you, he cares for you. He'll do it for you. You don't have to be the one to do it because he will carry the care for you. I mean, imagine if I was walking into the back of this room today and man, I just had my arms loaded down. Two or three great big boxes and I'm barely managing, just barely getting along, about to drop everything and I come up to the door of the room and there it is closed. What am I going to do? I got to get in that door. How am I going to do that? And I'm trying to open it with elbows and hips and teeth and nothing's working. And here you come with nothing in your arms and you are well able, strong enough to push that door open all by yourself. And you say, hey, let me get that for you. And I say, no, 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 no. I got this. That's frustrating. That's frustrating. And Paul said, I'm making the decision. I do not frustrate the grace. I'm not going to frustrate the grace of God in my life anymore. There are things that he's good at that I am not. Things as in everything. And I am going to be, I for one, am going to be quick to call on the help of the Holy Ghost, to call on the help of grace himself. And I'm not going to frustrate him. We're going to spend more time talking about this, but as I close, I want you to go to, with me to something Jesus said about it in Matthew chapter 6. And I think this evening and tomorrow, this is where we will spend most of our time. But look at what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. 
Of course, you know he's talking there about money, but not just specifically money, mammon being the craving of it, the lust for it, the love of money. You can't love God and love money. It's in light of that that he said in verse 25, therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life. Who's speaking here? What color are these words in your Bible? So who said it? Jesus did. Do not worry about your life. These two little words, do not. Do yourself a favor sometime and look them up in the original language and study them in some other translations. They are two of, of the, most, the, the strongest, most prohibitive words in the Greek language. And there are other translations that bear this out and it maybe should have been translated like this, not just do not do this, literally stop it. That's literally what Jesus said to these people. Stop it. Stop worrying about your life. Now, how could Jesus stand up in front of a crowd of people who knows how many are there and say to all of them, stop it? Because it was going on. And that's what people want to say to you when you start talking to them about living free from the weight of worry. And people say, well, no, I don't think that's really that possible. You know, it's just natural to worry. I'm a parent, so I worry. It's just natural. And to that, you know what I say? You are exactly right. It is only natural. Nothing supernatural about it. And this is not the life you and I were called to live. We are not called to walk according to the course of this world. Worry is only natural. So help me out with this. If Jesus, Son of God, Head of the church, Savior, Redeemer, Lord, looks at you and tells you to stop doing something and then you go ahead and do it again anyway, What's that called? A little three-letter word. What am I looking for here? It's called sin. Very good, boys and girls. It's called sin. And if Jesus said, stop worrying, and you go ahead and do it some more anyway, it's a sin. It's the sin of pride. Stop worrying about your life, he said. Stop worrying about what you will eat, what you will drink, about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? You want to know one of the reasons you can't shake the worry, you can't shake the care? It's because you have no idea what you're worth. If you had any clue of the value that God put on you, I mean, just think about it. What do you do with the most valuable things you possess? You take care of them. What do you suppose God does with the most valuable things he possesses? He takes the care. I like this question. Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? Wouldn't that be funny just to look over in the corner and see a real little guy just sweating it out, 
just worried, just pacing the floor back and forth, up and down, uh, 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 crying, worried, stressed out. What's the matter, little guy? What's the problem? I wish I was taller. I'm trying to get taller. I want to be taller, taller, taller. And you think to yourself, how foolish it is to think that worrying about getting taller is going to even add an inch to you. That's just silly. It's just immature, childish way of thinking about it. Well, guess what? It's just as childish to think that worrying about money will add even a dollar. It's just as ignorant to think that being worried over your health will add any health to you at all. Hey, pastors, since we're picking on you already this morning, it's crazy to think that being worried over church growth will add even one person. Jesus said, it's not going to add anything to you. What does worry do? It doesn't add to you. It takes away from you. He says, why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Isn't that interesting? Look how they grow. It's by what they don't do. Yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? There's a punchline right there. Why is worry present? Because faith isn't. So you take this back to the beginning. How do we get rid of this? How do we cast our care? Number one, it comes from a revelation. He cares for me. Faith works. How? By love. Or in other words, faith works when you know how much you're loved. Where there is no revelation of love, there is no operation of faith. And where there is no operation of faith, there can be no impartation of grace. Do you see these things working together? So it comes back to knowing how much you're loved. You want to see your faith go to all new heights, just get jacked way up this year like it never has been before? You put your nose in this book and you find out how deeply, passionately, madly, and completely you are loved by God Almighty. Your faith will come up and up and up and up and up because it works by love. It works by love. How much more? Will he clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not or stop worrying, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? Even for after all these things the Gentiles seek, but your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, stop worrying about tomorrow. So this is what we're going to do. In my time this morning, this evening, and tomorrow, we are going to have a care casting party. Amen? And I have it on good authority. Somebody's getting free in here today. Somebody's getting free this weekend. This worry, this care, this anxiety that you've been carrying around with you maybe for decades, you get ready for that thing to leave you. Now, this is a care casting party. It's my party, but I'm inviting you to it. 
What you need to understand, this is a BYOC party, okay? You don't have to bring your own. But we are going to cast our care onto the Lord with revelation. He cares for me. He gave himself for me. And from this day forward, I will not frustrate the grace of God. Jesus, help! Help! It's pride that keeps anybody from asking for help. Sweetheart, do you know where we are? Oh, yeah, yeah, I know where we are. Baby, you know I love you, but none of this looks familiar. No, 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 I know where we're at. I know where we are. Sweetheart, we've been in the car for 18 hours. Where are we? Look, 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 there's a gas station. We'll pull over and ask for, ask for help. No, 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 I got this, I got this. Look, there's a guy right there. You could ask him. What would keep a man with his foot on the pedal and his hands on the wheel? Pride. Pride. I told you we got two little ones in our house. And they're cute. They're fun. What's fun to watch about them is trying to help them. And children are so funny about it. No, I can do this all by myself. It's cute, isn't it? I can do it all by myself. Do you need help tying your shoes, sweetheart? No, 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 I can do it all by myself. 27 knots later, I'm stuck there trying to undo it. But I can do it all by myself. I don't need anybody's help. You know what? When you're four, it's cute. When you're 40, not so much. God does not get a kick out of you resisting his help. He gives more grace because you need more grace. He gives help because you need help. And he's saying, look, I'm strong. I'm able. I'm a professional. I am a professional caretaker. I'm a professional care carrier. And we'll probably get into this, but Jesus said, hey, come to me. I'll make a trade with you. Come here. You give me all your labor, your toil, and your care, and I'll give you my rest. Let's make a trade. And I'm not interested in frustrating Jesus, saying, no, 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 Jesus, I got this. When you made him the Lord of your life, you said, essentially, Jesus, I don't got this. I made a mess and I need you to clean. I'm done being my own Lord. And grace came running. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more. You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith.